Welcome, Keith, to the first episode of the Full Focus Entrepreneur Podcast. How are you today? I'm great, Elizabeth. Thank you so much. How are you? I'm pretty good. I am thrilled to have you here. And I know everybody says that when they do a podcast. I'm so thrilled to have <laughs> you. But I'm genuinely really excited to be starting off with you. Thank you. That means a lot. And uh, I, I'm very, very honored uh, that to be the first. The first. Yeah, the that's first. a big deal. So thank you. Yeah, of course. What do you do? Tell us all. What do I do? What do you do? I do a lot of stuff. Wow. Um, well, I uh, started and I run as best as I can an organization called Synapse. And Synapse is kind of simply put a unique business networking organization that is focused on creating connections and collaboration between the nonprofit community and the small business community. So, yes, we are networking, but we say kind of networking with a higher purpose. I like that. It gives it kind of an ethereal quality, a higher purpose, because we're all kind, we're all looking for that. I think so. Nobody's at, well, I won't say nobody, but people don't go into business because they want to be disconnected from their communities, because they want to be, you know, apart. They do it because they want to be connected to solve a problem in some way. So tell me what problem in the space of networking that you guys are solving. It's a great question. Uh, and I think, you know, my experience in networking uh, goes back, gosh, it's crazy to think how much time has passed, but it was really a, probably about 14 years ago when I was first introduced to business networking. And honestly, I didn't even know what it was. Um, but my experience in those early days uh, was that it was very transactional. Mm-hmm. It was very much focused on what's in it for me. How can I sell my product? How can I force all these people uh, to generate business for me? Um, and ultimately, that was kind of not comfortable for me. That wasn't yeah. my natural uh, approach to business, honestly, as a young manager uh, for a retail bank at the time. Um, but you know what I learned through those early days and that early experience in the networking world uh, was that um, networking is something we're doing all the time everywhere we go if we're really smart about it and we really understand fundamentally what it is and what it should be. Uh, so what I found is that it doesn't have to be forced. It doesn't have to have so much rigid structure and so many rules to really be effective. Uh, so I learned a lot in those early days and I took my own kind of approach to it and kind of tweaked the model, so to speak, uh, and have kind of evolved over the years into how I think about networking, how I coach people to network, uh, and how ultimately I started Synapse. You mentioned there that uh, a huge part of it is the way that people conceive of networking and what the true purpose of networking is as opposed to what people think it is. So what would you conceptualize networking as? Well, first I would say that what I think most people perceive it as and misunderstand it to be is they think, Networking is sales and marketing. Like I'm going to a networking meeting to sell myself, to promote myself, to market myself. When in all actuality, if you're doing it right, it's more about kind of accumulating professional resources and finding folks that are talented, that have different experiences in life and in business that could potentially be really valuable resources for you as an entrepreneur, as a business, as a salesperson, um, or just in general as a human being that has personal needs, professional needs, uh, and really kind of think of it in terms of accumulating tools for your tool belt so that you can be a better resource as a professional, 
as a friend, as a neighbor, and as a community-minded person. Um, so I think that's the big thing for me is trying to get people to understand that networking itself should not be about self-promotion and trying to just generate sales as much as it should be about kind of searching for um, resources that could be valuable for you, but cultivating relationships that can ultimately allow you to be more strategic and develop more partnerships and referral, strategic referral relationships, partnerships that will allow you to really advance your goals as an entrepreneur, as a business person. Um, so it's just kind of a different approach, a different mindset, requires a little bit of patience, a little bit of faith. It's not a immediate gratification um, process if you're really doing it right. And I think that's what I see is a lot of people ultimately think I go in here, I tell everybody what I do, and they're going to send me all their referrals. And then after a couple meetings, they don't see that happening and they get frustrated and they don't think it works. Well, if you're doing it right, and you're thinking more of the long game, and really accumulating those resources and developing those relationships strategically, then you'll start to really see the true value of networking. Well put, exceptionally well put. You clearly think and talk about this all day, every day. So you are, and this is the reason you're on here today, is you are the foremost expert on networking that I am aware of. As an expert, really, in networking, talk to me a little bit about what you see people do really poorly. And then we'll flip that over to what happens really well. But I know when I talk about networking, I often tell people it's kind of a double-edged sword. Because just like there's good PR and there's bad PR, Bad networking, coming in for the wrong reasons, can be bad for your business. Absolutely. So talk to me a little bit about what that kind of, I guess, the dark side of networking is when you do it badly. Well, one of the things that I've always observed through the years just being in the space is that a lot of people are coming into networking because their boss told them to, right? They're representing a company that's supposed to go to these meetings to collect referrals to generate business. So they're literally coming in kind of the wrong mindset altogether. They're there because they're supposed to be. They're told they have to be. They're not there really for the right reasons. Um, So they're coming in thinking that, hey, I go in here, I tell everybody what I do, and I'm going to get business out of it. And it's that simple. As long as I show up and I read what's on my business card and I give them the elevator speech, that all of a sudden it's going to create all this new business and I'm going to get paid. And when people approach networking that way, not only are they disappointed oftentimes, but they turn people off because nobody really likes to be sold. And I think most of us will agree that that is true. We don't want to be sold. So when people are coming into these networking events any way, shape, or form, and they seem so self-centered, so self-focused, all about how can I sell this person today? How can I sell these people today? Then I think that stands out. I think that's obvious. And I think it really can actually reverse uh, kind of the intent. It's, it changes the whole thing. If you're trying to get people to trust you, to like you, to want to engage with you and do business with you and potentially refer business to you, the last thing you want to do is make them feel as if you're coming in aggressive, just seeing them as a sales opportunity, as a number, right? As money in their pocket. Uh, so that's a big no-no in my book is if that's the way you're going to walk in these meetings and that's the way you're going to approach it, not only are you going to be disappointed, but you're going to turn people off and actually create the opposite effect that you're trying to accomplish. So then what would be, 
you talked a little bit about it's really about creating these relationships. What would be a better, more productive, and ultimately more successful mindset to go in with? I think the main thing is to think about it as if when you're going to any networking function, rather than focusing on yourself and on trying to get everybody to know what you do and how good you are at it and why you can help them in whatever need they may have, that your focus is more on engagement, on it being inquisitive and asking questions and really getting to know the people that you're having a chance to engage with and interact with and allow for them to share their passions, their purpose, what they're all about. Let them talk about their business, you know, their job, whatever it may be, and just be a very proactive listener because that allows you to engage with them in a different way where you aren't coming in with a sales pitch, but you're able to listen, observe, pick up on some cues, and actually find creative ways to add value without making them feel like you're trying to sell them something in this conversation. So that's really the first thing is listen more, talk less, I think is important for people. Um, Too many people think that this is their platform to just promote, promote, sell, sell, and then they kind of tune out everybody else after that. Um, So that's one thing that takes a little bit of practice. Some people are good at it. Some people are not. Um, That's one of the biggest things I see and one of the biggest things I try to remind people. It's it's more of a long game. Be patient, but just try to be genuinely interested in other people um, because it will open up opportunities and allow you to be much more strategic in your sales approach. One of the analogies I like to use a lot when I talk about networking is it's a little bit like dating. And now there's a side of that you can get into a lot of trouble with. But when you think about this advice that you just gave, if you look back on a really great first date, you'll realize it was a date where they asked you lots of questions about yourself and they were interested in you and they listened to you. And the same is true in a professional relationship if you're like you said, you, you've you come into contact with somebody who's listening and being inquisitive about you, you're going to have just a, a so much better perception of that person as somebody who is genuinely interested in getting to know you. Absolutely. So on that positive side of networking, what are the outcomes and success stories that you see when people do have that wonderful listening and other focus that you talk about? Well, I'll give you a couple examples, I guess, from my early days in the networking world because, you know, again, for me, um, I wasn't comfortable kind of in the traditional networking setting because it felt like I needed to sell, I needed to pitch, I needed to have the perfect elevator speech or script to convince everybody that I was worthy of their referrals and their business. So for me, the way I would approach it was, okay, first, I'm really just interviewing all these people I'm having a chance to get to know learning about them, focused on their passions, their interests, their needs, kind of their desires, and then within all of that, thinking about all the other folks in my network, my clients, my neighbors, my friends, and how I might be able to make a thoughtful connection based on those things that I'm listening for and hearing. Uh, So one of the things that I saw as a tremendous value and a way to really sell myself without having to do it myself was to literally invite business clients of mine, friends of mine, people that I respected in the professional world, and I would say, will you come with me to this networking function because I'd like to introduce you to some really cool people. I would like to basically toot your horn in front of an audience of people and tell them how awesome you are as a person, as a professional, and that if 
whenever they ever need your services, your expertise, that you are the perfect person for them to talk to and rely upon. And approaching it that way, kind of being thoughtful, knowing kind of the people that you're networking with and trying to bring guests that they might connect with, click with naturally, professionally, whatever, you're putting yourself in a position to actually get those guests, those clients, those friends to be your sales force. So instead of me telling everybody, I'm awesome, you should do business with me, it's, hey, I want you guys to know how awesome my friend is, how awesome my client is, and then they will very organically, very naturally feel inspired to return the favor. And I've always found that to be a very effective way to create organic connections, natural relationships, but also to get people to realize that, yeah, actually, maybe you are the person I should be doing business with because you're not self-promoting all the time. You're not coming across as cocky or arrogant, but these people that you clearly are doing business with that clearly look up to you and respect you are telling me that you really are all those things that you know you seem to be. Uh, so I've, I just think that that is really at the core, uh, one of the best ways that you can network. Um, make sure that you are sharing good people with good people and it's much more natural, much more organic, and ultimately it will generate more business for you. I really love the way that you're putting that, especially because you're in essence showing people the products of what you do, showing the the relationships that you have as a business owner. And it also speaks to the really effective practice of bringing guests into any networking setup because that's kind of growing everybody's network and bringing in more people for everyone to engage with. And as the person who brought them in, you're getting uh, what's called social capital, which I talk a lot about uh, in my networking course that I'm launching this month. Social capital is the currency that we use in these social interactions, and that's kind of the way sociologists and psychologists talk about it, but you and I, we talk about it as like brownie points, you know? And that's what you, that's that feeling of, oh, I I trust you because they trust you and because I can see the way that you're interacting with them. So I think that's a powerful point for you to make is the way that other people reflect on you. And that's kind of truly the power of networking is creating those reflections around you. Absolutely. I want to talk a little bit about your business because Synapse is your baby as we we like to call uh, our businesses. Uh, You have your own baby baby but this is your business (laughs) baby. So talk to me about how you've moved into this space of being an entrepreneur and how you started it a little bit and what it's been like for you to be an entrepreneur. Well, it could be a long story. I'm going to try to keep it as short as possible for our listeners. Um, But it was very serendipitous. Um, I didn't go to school to be an entrepreneur. I'm actually a sociology major, believe it or not. Uh, And I was in the banking world, retail banking, for 12 and a half years. And it was during that time and that career and that space that I really developed that passion for connecting people, just for all the right reasons. Because as a customer service professional, I just wanted to serve my clients well. And one of the best ways to do that was to have tools from my tool belt, to have resources outside of my area of expertise that I trusted, that I genuinely wanted to support, that I knew could add value to the relationships that I was trying to develop with my clients. And the more I could introduce my clients to some of these valuable 
professional resources that I was developing over my networking time, um, the more it cemented that relationship. It made them see me in a different light, and it allowed me to generate more business out of them and create that kind of whirlwind of referrals that would come from their just eagerness to share with their friends and their family and anybody that listen about their unique experience with me, this banker that's super proactive and always looking out for my best interest, um, that was never trying to sell me anything, but that's always trying to solve my problems and provide me these resources. So for me, what happened is ultimately I just realized that the banking industry has a lot of rules and regulations. And when things changed in 2007, 2008, as the economy kind of hit rock bottom, and we all remember those days, um, my passion for the job started to shift. I started to be a little bit frustrated, a little overwhelmed, uh, and I found that my true passion day to day really was solely on being able to connect people when I couldn't help them with the things that they came to me for. It was kind of the saving grace. It's like, I can't help you with that. I can't help you with this anymore, but maybe I can connect you to somebody that can help you with that need or solve that problem. So I find real value in that, and it allowed me to still feel valuable to my clients uh, when I was feeling as if my hands were tied uh, in in many situations and, and circumstances. So it was kind of through that process, seeing how the banking industry was changing, um, that I realized that it just wasn't my calling anymore. I didn't belong in that space. It was too restrictive. And the people that I believed in, my clients, the people that were starting these incredible businesses that I knew would be successful, I couldn't help them because there were too many, there's too much red tape, too many rules, too many regulations. And I knew that if I just had the full authority to help them, that I could help them. But I couldn't in that seat. So, so go ahead. So like many entrepreneurs, you created something because you wanted to be able to use it. You created a synapse because you wanted that to exist and you couldn't find it anywhere else. Very true. I found different variations of the networking game. I experienced many of them and I saw the you know pluses and minuses in all of them. I saw the value of all of the different ones that exist. Um, but what I did not see is what Synapse is all about. I did not experience something that really was focused on genuinely connecting people and helping to raise awareness for these nonprofits that are actually businesses that kind of get misunderstood because of the nonprofit label. And they're really, I mean, there's great organizations, you know, that are all about business referrals and networking in general to generate referrals for your business. And there's great organizations that are very service focused, the civic organizations that are all about serving community and volunteering and, you know, helping just community in general. But what I saw as kind of a gap was something that really kind of did both of those things well together. Uh, so in many ways, I describe Synapse as a hybrid of those business networking organizations that exist and all these traditional civic organizations that many of us are familiar with uh, and try to kind of show people that you can actually kill two birds with one stone, so to speak. You can get the referrals, you can generate business, you can find more tools for your tool belt to be a better professional and a better resource, but you can also be more aware of what these nonprofits do, why, why they're important, what they're all about, so that you can be a thoughtful connector and guide your clients, your family, your friends, your neighbors to the resources that they need. 
And that's really fundamentally what Synapse is all about, is just organically being a thoughtful connector and having as many resources at your disposal so you can always guide people to what they need and help solve their problems without any strings attached or uh, red, tape. <laughs> red tape or any of that, you know? Um, so it's just kind of a way to do it creatively, organically, um, with just good intentions, right? Um, that's, that's what it's all about. It really is. And it's amazing that, you know, sadly, uh, a lot of people struggle with that sense of <laughs> just faith in general, in life, period, that, hey, this isn't going to give me something as an immediate return right now, so many people don't do it. Yeah. One of the things I always say is, really, if you want the universe to work with you, work for you, then do what you can, when you can, because you can, with no strings attached. And if you have that mindset in life, and specifically in networking, then you will find it comes back tenfold. It really, really does. In that way, networking is definitely a lot like karma. Yes. And you have to kind of think of it like karma. You can't think of it as a transaction of, I'll give you a referral, you give me a referral. you got to think of this as this great cosmic karma pot. Very well said. Uh, you know, I, I would say that it is not a tit-for-tat game. No. And I, I hear it all the time. People are like, well, I sent you a referral. Well, where's mine? Like, you owe me a referral now. Well, depending on the business that you are in, your expertise, your industry, whatever it may be, you know, I may be able to refer you a client every day because of what I do and the value that you bring to the community and to my client base. But, you know, and vice versa, you might not be able to send me a client back every day just because of what I do and because of who you're in front of consistently. Mm -hmm. And if I'm going to stop sending my clients to you for the simple fact that you're not referring me enough business in return for the ones that I'm sending you, well, I may actually be shooting myself in the foot. I may actually be cutting off a really valuable resource that my clients need all because I'm being so self-focused and self-centered that I literally am not going to do the right thing because I feel as if you're not returning the favor the way that I think you should. And that is a big flaw in the networking world. I see it all the time. And it's just, it's like cutting off your nose to spite your face. It's just why in the world would you think that that makes sense? Um, and again, you know, that's just uh, the maturity of <laughs> doing this consistently and realizing that it should always go back to the best interest of the people that trust you enough to come to you for guidance and for resources. And if you're always acting in their best interest and you're not solely focused on what's in it for you, then you will do right by people and you will make the right decision. And again, there's where the karma comes in. It comes right back to you, um, just in ways that you wouldn't necessarily yeah. predict. And I think to add on to that, a really important piece, and I think you're the one who told me this, is you have to remember to not compare apples to oranges. You know, if you have given out 55 referrals and you only got one back, Take a moment to think about kind of the size of those referrals. Don't say, oh, well, I gave you 15 $10 ones and you only gave me $100,000 one. That's 10 versus one. That's no right. good. When you're doing that counting, you're going to get into danger. You're going to get, you've, you've lost sight of the karma pot that we're all eating out of. So true. And I see it all the time. And it's really unfortunate. So it really does just take patience and coaching and getting people to really understand big picture yeah. and what is this about and if your focus is solely on becoming a better resource for the people that look up to you and trust you then you will play the game the right way yeah. and the business will flow it really will 
Um, but if you're constantly trying to manipulate people into sending you business or you know, tell score. them, yeah, keeping score and telling them, you know, I'm not going to send you any more referrals until you send me something, then ultimately you put them in a position to try to force things that may not really be what you want. And that actually ends up being kind of a time suck and it can ultimately damage relationships when people literally get to that point where they feel like they need to start forcing referrals to make up for something, right? Uh, I hate that people get into that mindset. Um, it really, really hurts the networking just name. I mean, there's right. a stigma to it because a lot of people do immediately think, ooh, networking, that's like forcing referrals. No, it's really not, but that's what how people have experienced it in many ways. So some people just will have nothing to do with anything that's got that label or that tag to it. Uh, and that's a shame. There are some networking groups out there that kind of, they talk about locking in a spot based on your profession, or they'll only allow a certain number of, say, real estate agents in the room at the same time. But that's not something that Synapse does. It's kind of a free-for-all. You have as many... You, people in the room of any profession. Can you talk about why you chose that model as opposed to kind of a, we can only have a handful of these at a time? First of all, people that give off the impression that they are scared or threatened by their competitors, so to speak, people in their industry, if they give that off, then that to me suggests they have an insecurity and that they are not as confident in their ability to do their job as I feel they need to be for me to comfortably want to refer business to them. So that's one of the big things for me. But ultimately, if you really break it down, people that are in your industry, people that are your perceived competition, have something in common with you. You both are interested in, in a similar business process, a similar industry, whatever it may be. So starting from there, you actually have a chance to connect on a more human level, on a personal level. And instead of seeing somebody as your a threat, somebody who is in my industry and they're gonna steal all this business, by having a deeper conversation, understanding what do you like about the industry? What are your you know, strengths and weaknesses in this space? Oh, wow, really? You don't like working with that, that kind of client? I love that kind of client. And oh man, this is the kind of person I can't stand. I can't work with them. Sounds like they're right up your alley. Well. Maybe we can actually create referral streams for each other and actually lift each other up by having a collaborative mindset instead of a competitive mindset. So that does take a certain amount of kind of confidence in your own ability um, so that you don't feel threatened by engaging with people that you perceive to be your competition. Um, but those are the kind of people I want to surround myself with that are comfortable and confident in their own skin and their ability to kind of deliver their own value proposition in whatever industry they're in. Um, that's very important to me, and I have seen tremendous value with when people really embrace that mindset. Because think about this for an example. I'm a mortgage officer. I'm a mortgage officer. Well, do you do ver reverse mortgages? I do not. Well, I do. Well, they're right there. It's just a perfect example of how maybe we can help each other. We can compliment each other. Because instead of having to tell a client, sorry, we don't do that, good luck, you have an option. You have somebody that you've gotten a relationship with, that you've developed trust with, that you can comfortably share your client with to solve their problem. And ultimately, by thinking that way and having that mindset, you really do develop a lot of 
different creative ways to generate more business because there are <laughs> ways for competitors to support each other very, very, very well. Your niches almost uh, make you fit together kind of like puzzle pieces so that you have the full, you know somebody in each of the niches within your industry and you don't have to compete with them because you all are taking a different tiny slice of the same pie. Absolutely. And I've seen it time and time again where I got a million real estate agents that I could refer somebody to, but because I've done my due diligence and I know their different skill sets and their different personalities, that instead of just sending it to the one real estate agent I feel obligated to send them to, I can send them to the right person where I can almost guarantee it's going to be a smooth transaction. Everybody's going to win, makes everybody look good. So that's really the way people should approach networking and understand that it really needs to be that deep. You've got to think that way and realize that just because people are in the same industry doesn't mean they're the same. Not at all. Yeah. And when it comes to this collaboration, I think we kind of have to recognize that it does take a certain amount of professional maturity to reach out to somebody who does similar to you what you do and Mm -hmm. to say, look, I think we could work together. Because in our culture, in kind of business in general, it is ingrained that competition, 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 you know, fraternizing with the enemy. But if you take this, granted, very difficult initially, but much more mature, much more confident in your niche approach of working with someone who someone else might say, oh, that's my competition. I don't want to fraternize with the enemy. That puts you kind of on a, in a level of your own. That portrays that maturity in your industry. I want to go back to your journey as an entrepreneur. Talk to me a little bit about some things that maybe surprised you when you had to make this shift from being an employee to being an entrepreneur and the way you've had to kind of rise to those challenges. What did you find that you're much better at than you thought you would be? Or what maybe was a challenge that you weren't um, expecting? I think one of the biggest things, and I see this certainly in the networking game, and I try to remind people of how important it is to be careful about this, is that we all obviously need income. We need money. We need to survive. We need to pay our bills. We have responsibilities and obligations. And when you are an entrepreneur and you are basically eating what you kill, there is that pressure and that sense of desperation at times where I've got to get a deal. I've got to get it done. i got to get it done now. And if you are out there networking and giving off that vibe, instead of making people want to do business with you, you're kind of turning them off to it. Um, Desperation does not sell. It doesn't sell well. So I think the biggest thing for me in transitioning into entrepreneurship was realizing that no matter what, I had to have faith and confidence that if I stuck to kind of my core values and I focused on the bigger picture and that I just trusted the process and doing what was right always and never making it seem like I've got to get a deal right now, it just ultimately works itself out. So that was definitely something I had to kind of struggle with a little bit um, because it can get very stressful and it can get very emotional at times, um, but you have to really just continue to maintain that faith and uh, make sure that you are not selling with desperation. Uh, So one of the biggest lessons that people need to learn just in the networking game in general, because there are a lot of people that have quotas and they have pressures to, to, to meet certain goals. And then when they start coming across that way, 
uh, it can be damaging to the reputation both personally and professionally. Yeah, definitely. It's it's really it's really not a good positioning to put yourself in either as an expert to say, "Hi, I'm an expert at this. Also, buy this or I'll die." It doesn't really it, it, it ruins your credibility, really. Really, really does. So that again, you know, going back to your original kind of question with this, uh, you know, that is a big deal for any entrepreneur. You've got to be yeah. understanding of that. You got to be careful of that. You got to realize that hey, it's okay to realize the stress and the pressure and the fact that, yeah, you do have to hit certain goals to be able to grow and, and make it a reality and make it sustainable. Um, but you've got to find other ways to handle that outside of making people feel as if it's their problem, because yeah. that is never going to be good for business. And that can ruin any opportunity for growth or for any true sustainability. And I think you're also speaking to how much faith is involved in yes. becoming an entrepreneur. Yes. And a lot of that is faith in yourself, which can be a whole nother can of worms. But you have to have that faith that it's going to work out, that you're going to be able to do this, that you can do this as an entrepreneur, or you show up with that, I don't know if I can do this, please buy this or I'll die. Right. Yeah. And that's, that comes, it's confidence. Um, but again, you know, faith is a big part of it. But I think that's where networking is so valuable to anyone who's an entrepreneur because by developing all these relationships, by having all these different people that are now in your life that you can really call friends if you're doing it right and you're really nurturing the relationships the right way, then you always have folks that can help and support you when times get tough because you've got this network of people that believe in you, that see your value, that know that you've been helpful, and that can suddenly actually turn up a little bit more focus to try to help you the right way, as opposed to you having to go to desperate measures. Um, so that's one thing I, I try to remind people is that any entrepreneur needs to focus very, very hard in those early days on having a very strong network, because they're going to have rough weeks, rough days, rough months, and to have a network of people that can help them in so many different ways uh, really does kind of give them wings in many ways to say, everything's going to work out because I've got all these good people that are cheering me on and they're going to support me no matter what. Um, that can really change the game. And uh, I think too many people isolate themselves and think, I can do it myself, I can do it myself, and they don't put the time and energy into networking the right way because they're so focused on, i got to get a sale out of this, and if I didn't get a sale, it's not worth my time. But the relationships you develop in networking with the long game in mind can actually allow you to sustain those tough times and get you through. And in those tough times, you mentioned kind of the support aspect of it. As entrepreneurs, we, we are, by design, lone wolves. We don't have coworkers. Sure. And to have a group of other entrepreneurs that after you've deepened that relationship, you have people who you could be authentic with and say, look, man, I'm having a crap month. Yep. And to have someone even just to listen, but also who's maybe also an entrepreneur and can be supportive and be a coworker that you don't have to pay. And that's really valuable in and of itself. It's like I was talking a little bit about before, uh, kind of a sales force. Like literally, if you network the right way, you are creating a sales force that yeah. is working for nothing. They're working for you because they believe in you and the value you provide to the people they might introduce you to. And you don't have to pay for that. So we started the first Synapse Hub in October of 2013. We were more of an experiment <laughs> than a business. 
Okay. And I admit that wholeheartedly because I did not even have any true vision of the potential with this. It was, I need to network. I think this approach, this style uh, could be effective for the people that I care about and the people I want to serve. But more importantly for me, kind of selfishly, I was comfortable with this approach and this style. Um, So it all started with me just needing to network, um, kind of having limited options at the time and saying that this approach, this style uh, really made sense to me. Uh, And it really, in early days, people even said, you know, this is networking for introverts. And I'm like, well, I guess that makes sense considering (laughs) that I kind of created it and I'm an introvert. And the reason I set it up this way was so that I could be more comfortable uh, in the networking world. Uh, So, yeah, um, it's crazy to think that this whole experiment started six years ago. Um, But, yeah, that's the truth. Thank you so much for joining me today. You have been a wonderful resource on networking, and I really appreciate you taking the time. Well, I'm honored to be your first on your podcast. I'm excited to see where you take this. And it's been really, really fun to connect with you and to watch you uh, bring kind of your talents and your skills to the entrepreneurs of this community. So I look forward to watching you grow. Thank you. Thank you for spending your time with me, Elizabeth Tolis, here in the Emerald office. If you want to hear, watch, read, and learn more about entrepreneurship, focus, and living a life of impact, I invite you to check out Full Focus Entrepreneur, where I coach small business owners to be more effective, more organized, more profitable, and more impactful. If you're interested in listening to more of me talking to myself and others, please check out the Emerald office where all the episodes for all of my podcasts can be found. Both the Emerald office and Full Focus Entrepreneur, as well as my social media and the show notes can be most easily found at elizabethtolis.com. And I want to specially thank... Eric Tolis, who made the sweet backtrack you're listening to now, and Maria Carius, who made the beautiful artwork that graces this podcast's cover. A link to all of Maria's art can be found in the show notes.